Chivalrous Sam tries to Facebook or how I learned what it's like to share the internet with a cyber bulimic. Player one is me, Lady Saber, 16-year-old foreign exchange student from Belgium. Exam week is finally over, so I'm enjoying the holiday out of town with my host family. Also, I'm a huge Song of Ice and Fire slash Lord of the Rings nerd. Player two is Sir Sam the Chivalrous Smooth Cheeks, the whitest knight of all. Generally a lard, ever-present aroma of stale Italian food. Never removes his trilby because he never sleeps and never showers. Sam also has the Facebook habits of someone with an eating disorder. I have no other notions of how to describe it. He'll make four, five, six posts in rapid succession about anything, ranging from atheism, look what a nice guy I am, and general rants designed to flaunt his intelligence. This is the binge. About an hour later, he'll come back and purge all of them, or four out of five, no matter how much time he spent on thesaurus.com writing them. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen, and it's why I'm not able to screen cap most of the stuff he actually posts. Player three is John, the guy that I'm crushing on, and an all-around good person. We aren't officially dating yet, but it's heading that way. Arch nemesis to Sam. He's not in this story, but he gets mentioned, so that's a bit of his backstory. This story begins immediately after the previous one, the day before Christmas break. I check Facebook, mostly keeping up with friends and family overseas, and I see one of Sam's tirades clogging my feed like cholesterol plaque. So there's a screenshot from Facebook where Sam says, Honestly, breakups are the most arduous thing someone can experience. A random person responded, Lol, which fake girlfriend did you break up with now? And Sam wrote back and said, F you, I never had a fake GF. That comment should give you an idea of Sam's dating history. Apparently in middle school, Sam made up a series of girlfriends in more and more outlandish tales. He'd find some girl on the internet, snag a few of her pictures, and flaunt them around. As soon as people would start poking holes in the story, he'd break up with her and start all over again. Except each time, the girl would get hotter and more amazing, and he'd round more bases with each of them. Eventually, he claimed that he did the deed with some out-of-his-league blonde. Unbeknownst to Sam, that girl happened to live nearby and was in high school just down the road from the middle school. Some people who knew her got in touch and confronted him with her in tow, and it actually made a spectacle worthy of public freakouts. Continuing with our tour, if you look to your left, my ladies and gentle sirs, we can see a homemade meme by Sam and a beardy friend. So in this screenshot from Facebook, Sam posts a meme with a girl kind of shrugging her shoulders and her hand up that has the text, why can't I find a nice guy exactly like you, except not you? And Sam's caption says, if you're looking for a fantastic guy to date, check your friend zone first. Ha ha. A random person responded to this and said, I understand this feel, bro. Sometimes I think girls just want to be mistreated by some asshat. Sam responded to this saying, Exactly. I won't sacrifice who I am and treat women differently just because that's what they're accustomed to. If she doesn't care that you're nice, she's a B anyway and you should just move on. Check your friend zone reads to me in the same voice as check your privilege. I checked it. It's there. Also, I found the asshat in question, which links to a picture of a fedora. Sir Sam also makes a pass at Milady who appreciated his thought-provoking quote. In this post, Sir Sam says, The best love is the kind that awakens the soul, that makes us reach for more and plants fire in our hearts and brings 
peace to our minds. A milady responds to this and says, I love this quote. Sam writes back and says, I'm glad, milady, finally someone of the opposite gender who can appreciate a meaningful conjecture. All of these posts are from the same day. Those three are the only surviving companions of about 18 or so. You thought I was kidding? The next day, radio silence. Then, in the afternoon, a text message. It's a screenshot of What Makes You Beautiful by One Direction, saying, Not being weird, it's just a song that I like, smiley face. I look it up, I give it a listen, it's poppy and repetitive, so I turn it off after about 30 seconds. A few hours later, he follows up with, What did you think? Not my taste, I replied. My taste is mostly screamo and classical orchestra with a few select American alt-rock bands. Well, what is your taste? I forget sometimes that there is no font for sarcasm. Gospel. No response other than a string of Facebook posts, of which only two survive. If you go to church, you're literally Satan. The Facebook post from Sam says, if you participate in the organized destruction of independent thought called church, then we don't need to be acquainted. If you don't, you're neckbeard smoosh. So this Facebook post from Sam is sharing the atheist experiences photo with a caption that says, take note, ladies, reason is sexy. And it has a picture of four women with their arms crossed. The original caption on this says, godless bees assemble. Everyone's a winner. I debate telling him that it was just a joke, but I dread the outcome of that conversation and I don't have any idea of how it would go. For the rest of the break, silence. I have a blast with my host family, get more Christmas loot than I know what to do with, and and generally enjoy my break from school and Sir Sam. It's after New Year's Day when Sam gathers up enough alpha male energy to message me again. I keep a strained conversation with him for about half an hour while he talks about Call of Duty, stuff he got for Christmas. There are many times where I don't know how to respond, but he happily fills in the spaces and keeps on keeping on. Eventually he asks, What's wrong? Nothing much, really. You're just not saying much. Yeah, I'm not in the mood to talk right now. Oh, what did I do? Sam, that's a pretty long list. I know. Sorry. I just haven't really had a girlfriend that I could talk to very much before, so I'm still figuring that stuff out. I'm not your girlfriend, Sam. I I know. I mean, a friend that's a girl. Okay, there was a space between girl and friend, so I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Before I can further clarify the status of our relationship, he's off in another direction. So do you speak French? Yes. That's cool. Me too. Okay, that came out of nowhere like a clown in a bad funhouse. I'm a bit skeptical, so I push it gently with him. The following messages were in French, and I've translated. You speak French? Yes. I didn't know that. Why didn't you tell me? I don't know. Okay, what are you doing now? I'm hungry. The shocker of a lifetime. I'm being eaten. What? You're being eaten? Yes, I'm being eaten for lunch. I give up here because it's pretty clear he's using some translating software or an online dictionary. R.I.P. My mother tongue. A little explanation about the French language. In English, when you want to use a verb, you need a helping verb to go with it. I am playing or he is eating. In French, you don't eat. I eat, I am eating, I do eat are all the same phrase. You have the subject, then the verb. The helping verb is implied in the action. Some English speakers, however, will try to translate literally from English to French. In this case, Sam translated, I am eating directly, and the result is, I am being eaten. At the very least, we can rest assured that this will be the most effective weight loss plan ever. Later that day, he follows with, Lol, I don't really speak French. I was just messing with you. I don't give a reply. None of this, however, is a crown jewel. Emboldened by what could only be a vat of homemade ravioli, thanks mom, Sam takes aim. Hey, a bunch of French. 
friends and I are going to go see The Hobbit this Saturday after break. Do you want to tag along? John has beat him to the punch, actually, but I'm not keen to give him that detail. No, thanks, Sam. Oh, why not? I don't give a reply. Soon enough, though, he follows up with, I bet you're going with John, huh? Am I really going to be that transparent? There's no point in lying to him. Yes, I am. Okay, I get it, but I don't think I'll ever be able to convince you that he's bad news. But I promise, someday you'll see what I mean. This isn't exactly a tough bet. Either we break up or never become an official couple anytime in the future and you win. Otherwise, we get married and live happily ever after because that's a realistic option. Another cheesy, meaty gorge of academic papers ensues on Facebook, followed by a book-burning level of purge. This gem is the only survivor. This Facebook post from Sam says, I finally decipher the age-old confusion. Why do girls only go for jerks and leave guys who cherish them in the dust? Well, ladies, mostly, and gentlemen, the justification is in our upbringing. You see, when girls are little, a boy percusses them or calls them malicious names. Parents inform girls that he just likes you, honey. In turn, when girls grow up and look for a mate, the only thing they associate with affection is maliciousness. It's a representative model of Pavlov's dogs. Thus, when a man comes along who has class and dignity and treats women the way they should be treated, they have not been conditioned to interpret this as endearment and ignore his advances. In short, nice guys finish last, not because we are inferior, but because society as a whole endeavors in the opposite tendency. If you make it out of that alphabet soup with all of your brain cells, I commend you. At the time, I really didn't understand why he and people like him all have this same pattern of thesaurusing every fifth word in their online posts. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I have an inkling. Most neckbeards fancy themselves as being on a higher intellectual plane than everyone else. Yes, most of them are slightly above average intelligence, but nowhere near the genius scale, and almost all are chronic underachievers. Despite this, they've built an image in their heads of being the brainiest guy in their zip code. So they talk the way they believe an actual smart person would talk. In spirit of Facebook, I'll end with a made-up quote, a Smart man can play dumb, but a dumb man in no way can play smart. When Lady Saber explains the long history that Sam has of making up girlfriends and explaining these huge backstories and then saying that they broke up when people tried to investigate too far, I think that's something that a lot of people have seen. I mean, kids in general tend to lie a lot for some reason, especially when the thing that they're lying about is something that would make them seem really cool or interesting. It's kind of like the whole my dad works in Nintendo type of lie that kids tell to each other, but there are definitely a lot of kids that make up this whole lie about, yeah, my girlfriend, she's really, really pretty, but she uh, goes to another school when clearly this person doesn't exist at all. I'm not sure why that's such a common thing to occur, but if you've ever seen something like that, let me know. And once again, this whole story kind of highlights the strange underlying entitlement that Sam has that she ought to be his girlfriend for some reason, not because he can tell that she likes him, not because of any other reason other than that he wants her to be. And he's trying to do that by being mean in a lot of the previous stories. And in this one, trying to kind of outlogic her into saying, John is a bad guy. I'm a good guy. Come date me. Why aren't you dating me? And then post these cryptic messages that are obviously about her just to get his frustration out. Like she wouldn't know that they're directly referring to her. Anyway, let me know what you would do in this situation down below. And also, if you'd like to see another story in this saga, let's 
Lesson learned. I am never bringing my Nintendo Switch to work ever again. So this happened to me today. I work in fast food to give you a clearer picture. I went on my break and I was playing Pokemon Shield. I'm saving Legends Arceus for when I get home and I have more time. So I'm playing my game when I see a young boy about seven years old watching me. I look up and see his mother watching us. She nods so I assume she's giving me permission to talk to him. I ask if he's played before and he says no. So I let him play on it. I tell him I started playing when I was his age and gave him pointers when he asks. So the alarm goes off on my phone for the end of my break and asks for it back, which he does and thanks me for letting him play. I'm walking towards the staff room when I hear the call of the wild Karen behind me. Karen says, Ahem. I look back and I see the boy's mother behind me. Me. Yes? Can I help you? Karen. Yes. You can let my son keep playing your game. You're going to be working now so he can play it until we leave. We're paying customers after all. Me. Uh, sorry miss, but this is my property, so I'm going to put it in my bag now. Karen. No! Give my son your game now! Boy. Mom, stop it. I don't want her game. It's hers. She had raised her voice, so now my manager had come over because I was late from coming off my break. Manager, is there a problem here? Karen, yes, she won't give my son her game to play with. She's going to be working now, so she should let him keep playing until we're done. She had this smug look on her face like she thinks her logic is sound, and my manager is just going to agree with her. Manager, ma'am, that is her property, and if she says no, then that's her right. Karen, I'm a paying customer. My son should be able to play. Manager, ma'am. If she said no, that's the end of it. Now you can either sit down and finish your food or you can leave. Karen stomped off to her table and grabbed her things before storming out with her son following behind her. I feel really bad for him because he was really sweet as well. My manager asked if I needed five minutes, but I told him I was fine. I put my switch in my bag and went back to work. Was I the jerk? Does the mom in this situation not see the worker as an actual person? I mean, why would the mom assume that... The OP here would have no concern at all about theft or running off on it or breaking it or anything, just even the wear and tear of the thing itself. I mean, how do they plan on giving it back to the OP? They're going to try and take this Nintendo Switch and put it on the counter where all this greasy food is being passed back and forth over and over again. I mean, it seems like she didn't really think this through. She just said, I want my kid to have this, so give it to him. Instead of just saying, oh, I want my kid to have this. What is it called? I'll buy one for my kid. It's a weird type of solution making where you put the burden on other people, just random bystanders like in this case, the OP. So let me know what you would do if you're in this situation. And don't forget to subscribe to the channel with notifications turned on. Follow Am I the Jerk on Instagram. Check out the podcast if you're into podcasts. And if you have a story of your own that you'd like to share here on the channel, there's actually a link down below in the description as well, where you can submit your own full-fledged story if you one day want it to be shared here. But either way, thanks a lot for watching guys and we'll see you you next time.